episode of Barbershop Sports Talk on this Saturday afternoon with me, your host, Daryl Lane, as always. Whether you're listening via SoundCloud, the LNM Radio Network, or the South Carolina Columbia Radio app, we want to thank you for making us, me, this show, Barbershop Sports Talk, part of your day. Kawhi Leonard, I know what's wrong with Kawhi, and I'm going to explain that. At the top of the next hour. Kenan Strand is going to come on the show. And for all of you who don't know, Kenan uh, went to school with me last year, actually, at John Carroll. Then Kenan disappeared. Kenan now goes to school in Miami. So we're going to talk to Kenan a little bit about just how Miami is in general. Can't wait for that. And we have to relax about the Cavs. I know they just lost, but we have to relax about the Cavs. But first, NFL Draft, April 26th, whether you're listening on ESPN, the NFL Network, or Fox, you will be tuning to the draft. You want to know why? Because for you, the draft is hope. Who your team, what promising young players can your team get? So, since I'm in Cleveland, and the Cleveland Browns have the number one overall pick, Let's hope the Cleveland Browns make the smart decision. And April 26th, when Roger Goodell comes up to that podium and says, with the number one overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Saquon Barkley, running back out of Penn State. And then everybody sits back and they're like, oh, hell no. Listen, I love Saquon Barkley. This dude is talented. He can 
he can run between the tackles, outside the tackles. He blocks. He can catch passes out the backfield. He's a leader. Uh, I was reading a report that said he's like a choir boy. Saquon Barkley is everything you want in a football player. I remember I was watching him in I- when he played Iowa. And Saquon was just extraordinary. Extraordinary. So don't don't get me wrong. And by the way, he went to the he's an alumni of my mother and aunt school, Penn State. So I I got love for Saquon. But this Saquon Barkley love affair is asinine. I was reading a mock draft on NFL.com. Maurice Jones Drew was doing it. And for his mock, he had Saquon Barkley number one, and I just had a conniption fit. And I'm hearing more and more reports, and I'm looking at more and more reports that say possibly the Browns could take Saquon Barkley, and we're back at that again. Saquon Barkley may be the best pure football player in this class. Even then, I would beg to differ because there's an interior offensive lineman named Quentin Nelson who people say is going to be 10 times better than Zach Martin. There's a guy, Minka Fitzpatrick, who can do everything on the defensive side of the ball, who can cover, run, and tackle. So he's not clearly the best player in the draft. But even if he was, his position devalues him. Drafting a running back, number one, is almost like when the Buffalo Bills, since I'm a Bills fan. 2009, I think it was. 2009 or 2010. The Bills draft C.J. Spiller, ninth overall. C.J. Spiller was okay running back. Athletic, explosive, can catch up the backfield, can run outside the tackles, right? Love C.J. Spiller out of Clemson. But the Bills had Fred Jackson, who's pretty good running back, and Marshawn Lynch, who was a pretty good running back. You didn't need to draft C.J. Spiller in the ninth round, in the, in the, in the, with the ninth pick in the first round. That is a luxury. Remember when the Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA, when they drafted Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio instead of Steph Curry? Drafted two point guards. They didn't, but they didn't draft Steph Curry. This would be that level of just abominable misfortunes where I don't understand. Saquon Barkley will not be a bust. Saquon Barkley will have multiple thousand yard seasons. That is not what I'm worried about, whether he will be a bust or not. But let's keep this real. Let me be a hundred with you. You know, running back's not close to being one of the most important positions in the NFL. If we're ranking off a of value, this is what we're going to say. Quarterback, most important. You need a good quarterback to win games in this league. You need it. Offensive line, number two. Who protects the quarterback? Second most important. Ball control. Third, most important position, defensive line. The guys that get after the quarterback, that get after the O-line, that wreak havoc on the defense. Because now in the NFL, cornerbacks can't really cover. You can't touch receivers past five yards. So you need the rush to hurry up the quarterback. Fourth, most important position, cornerback. Like I said, you can't touch receivers when you go past five yards. You need a lockdown corner that can cover people. You need to look for that guy. Number five, linebacker. You need someone on defense in this new era, this bubble screen league where you pit running backs out, you spread them out, you're trying to look for mismatches all the time. You need a running back, I call him a three-down linebacker, that can run, tackle, and cover. 
play sideline to sideline. You never have to take them out. And then six is running back. And in level of importance, that's how it is. So Saquon Barkley, by just the sheer fact that his position devalues him, how great he can be, what type of impact he can make, all those positions make extraordinarily more impact impact in the game than a running back. Running backs make an impact in high school football and in college football. If you have a great running back, you can go a long way. You can go a long way. And every on every good football team I ever played in middle school or high school, we had a good running back. Let's look at last year's draft. Because you can find good running backs anywhere. You can find somebody that can approximate Saquon Barkley's value. Last year, remember Christian McCaffrey? He was drafted number 8th overall by the Carolina Panthers. We said Christian McCaffrey was going to be the most dynamic running, running back ever. We said he was Reggie Bush, didn't we? We said he was Reggie Bush coming out. He was going to set the world on fire. Didn't we say this about Christian McCaffrey coming out of Stanford? He's a bust so far. Leonard Fournette was taken number fourth overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Leonard Fournette had 1,000 yards, was part of the Jacksonville Jaguars' resurgence to the playoffs. I remember when, when Leonard Fournette came out and was in, at LSU, people were saying he's the next Adrian Peterson. He's going to be special. He's all this. And Leonard Fournette is a pretty good running back. But, and for what Jacksonville does, it's great. But let's remember, that was, he was sort of the, uh, the last piece. They needed the running back to help carry the load. But when we look in the later rounds in that draft, the two best running backs came in the third round. Alvin Kamara, who was drafted by the New Orleans Saints, who won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Kareem Hunt for about five, six weeks, was the MVP favorite. Remember when he torched the New England Patriots on opening night? Yeah, those two running backs were better than Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, and they were picked in the third round. The league has changed. You don't have an eye formation, which is when, you know, you have the just the quarterback under center, the running back behind, you have a fullback, and you give it to the running back 25 times. Most teams have a two-back system. You have some offenses where teams, they don't really run the ball. The Patriots' short passing game is their running game. The best running backs in the league this year, in rushing, Le'Veon Bell, one of the best all-around running backs in the league, right? Second-round pick. Mark Ingram helped the New Orleans Saints in their resurgence, along with Alvin Kamara. Funny, funny, two-back system. Mark Ingram, late first-round pick, drafted 28th overall. LaShawn McCoy for my Buffalo Bills. Shady, second-round pick. They're out of the top five. Rushers were not high picks. Some of the best running backs of this generation, Jamal Charles, third-round pick, rushed for over 7,000 yards. Chris Johnson, late first-round pick, rushed for over 2,000 yards one year and over 9,000 yards for his career. Maurice Jones-Drew, second-round pick, over 8,000 career rushing yards. Arian Foster, undrafted, led the league in rushing one year, over 6,000 yards. Steven Jackson, late first-round pick, got the 24th overall, one of the most consistent running backs in the league. 
Michael Turner, fifth-round pick, over 7,000 rushing yards. Ray Rice, second-round draft pick. One of the best all-running, one of the best all-purpose running backs in the NFL. These are the best running backs of our generation. And Adrian Peterson. I left that Adrian Peterson, who was drafted number seventh overall by the Minnesota Vikings. But let's be clear: Did Adrian Peterson win any rings for Minnesota? No. Now let's look at Hall of Famers. Emmitt Smith won championships as a running back. He had the best offensive line ever, one of the greatest teams ever. He had Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones. All of them are going to play in Canton. All of them are going to be in Canton, especially when Jimmy Johnson gets it. Then all three of the four are in Canton. The Hall of Fame. Walter Payton, Bears, 46 defense, Buddy Ryan, one of the best teams ever. Some people say they have the best defense ever, better than the 2000 Ravens. So let me ask you this about Saquon Barkley, and I love Saquon Barkley. Don't get me wrong. I love Saquon Barkley. Like I said, he went to my mom and aunt's university, Penn State. We are the Netley Lions. I root for Saquon Barkley. But is he Terrell Davis, who, by the way, was drafted in the sixth round, bludgeoning a clock, leading his team to two straight Super Bowls, even though he had John Elway, Shannon Sharp, he had a couple Hall of Famers. Seth Joyner, too, I believe. Is he going to be Terrell Davis? I will answer that question. No. No. Because not many people in their prime were ever as good as Terrell Davis. If he didn't get hurt, you can make an argument he would have been the greatest running back ever because injuries really derailed his career. So Saquon Barkley will be special. I have no problem if he's a top 15 pick. The Colts could use him. Maybe the Giants could potentially use him. But the Cleveland Browns, you either need to get a quarterback or trade down. Don't get Saquon Barkley. Don't succumb to the pressure. The running back is a luxury pick. It's the icing. It's not the cake. If you want to ever catch... My friend Eric Seminara, who does our intro song, Dim the Lights, you can follow him at EC underscore Breezy on Twitter. So the Cleveland Cavaliers, they lost to the Indiana Pacers. They were up 17 points, and Victor Aladipo and the Pacers came back. And now people are scared. People are scared, saying the Cavs can't win. Now, now let, let me tell you, when I was, uh, I started playing the saxophone, the alto, when I was around in fourth grade. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of the times what I did was because my skills kept regressing, regressing, and regressing, I would fake play. So sometimes when I didn't know the notes, I would just be like, you know, and let other people carry me. Let me put it to you that way. And it worked. It worked. In fourth grade, it worked in fifth grade, it worked in sixth grade, it worked in seventh grade, it worked in eighth grade. Then when I got to ninth grade, it stopped working. Because in high school, my band teacher wasn't a fool. Not saying that my elementary, middle school teachers were. But he was very, very, very aware, and he used to say, we don't fake play in the high school band. We don't do that. And you couldn't fool him. Because you want to know what? 
He damn sure knew what he was doing. Mr. Encontro. Mr. Encontro was no fool. Mr. Encontro knew music. And he knew when music wasn't playing. Because he was great. Really good band director. And that's what we need to realize about the Cavs. The Cavs will figure it out. Just like Encontro figured out who was playing, who wasn't playing. Because you want to know what? The Cavs had the best player. LeBron, James, career averages of 27 and 7. We freak out. They win. When they lose game one, the Pacers blow them out 98 to 80. The Pacers snap the 21 game win streak. The Cavs winning first round games. Victor Aladipo scores 32 points. The best player on the floor, LeBron James, scores 24 points, shoots 40% from the field, doesn't attempt a shot in the first quarter. Go, no, go zero for one in the first quarter. Putrid. Game two looks really different. Cavs win 197. They lead the whole way. LeBron scores 46 points on 70% shooting. Victor Aladipo scores 22 points and has six turnovers. Isn't it funny how things change? Cavs were up 17 points in their game against Indiana. I have no doubt it might take seven games. It might take six overtimes. I don't know. But I do know this. LeBron James is not losing to Victor Aladipo and Lance Bourne Reddy Stevenson. That is not happening. LeBron James is universally recognized as the best player in the NBA. Some people say he's better than Michael Jordan, who I believe is the greatest basketball player ever. LeBron James should not be losing a first-round series to anybody. I don't care how trash his team is. I don't care. I don't. Victor Aladipo wasn't starting last year. He was a six-man. Victor Aladipo just finally arrived. And you're the king and you're going to let him take something from you? Come on, get, get out of there with that type of stuff. It's not going to happen. Want to tune in? Listen to the South Carolina Columbia radio app. You can go to LNM Radio Network. Coming up next on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Kanan Strand on the show. And he's going to tell me a little bit about South Beach. Coming up next on Barbershop Sports Talk. Back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Keenan with us. How you doing, Keenan? I am okay. I am okay, Daryl. Thank you for having me today. No Kenan. problem. Well, when I saw it, I was like, I gotta have Keenan on the show. Yeah, I don't know how I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, Keenan, yeah. you're from Miami. Well, I'm from the Bahamas. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I finished high school because, like, I grew up in the Bahamas, finished high school. And you kind of know that. Came John Carroll. Yeah, transferred to wholesale. So like, now, lots of times when people talk about Miami, especially in basketball, people yeah. talk about how bad teams can't play when they're going to Miami yeah. because they're out a little bit too late at night. Yeah. Is that is that real, Keenan? Is that real? I mean, I have fell victim to it. To be honest, like I had a rugby um, game in Miami at one point because I played for Orlando City Rugby Club, and the night before. We went out to South Beach. Like, well, literally the day before. And we kind of got, like, shit-faced. 
So by the time like we got to the game, like everybody's like hungover, you know. Yeah, he lost like thirty-five, thirty. It was close, bro. So South Beach is very tempting. It is. It it definitely is. Like, have you have you been on South Beach before? I've been in the Keys. Yo, South Beach. Like, once you see South Beach for like itself, it's like, Fort Lauderdale count. Nah. Okay. Nah. Not no. <laughs> not even. Like, <laughs> not even. Nah. Like for real though, if you go to South Beach. South Beach is like South Beach the first time. Like, gonna be like, so the reason when teams go to Miami and they play so badly is because they're out too late. I don't know, bro. I mean, they could be out too late. They uh, could might not come out, back at all. Yeah, I mean, like they or 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 like they could be in the middle of the game and all they think about is South Beach. Okay, now quickly tell me the most appropriate South Beach story. <laughs> Ah, so like South Beach, uh, wow. I was in, I was a senior in high school, and you know, seniors probably like eighteen at the time. You know, I shouldn't be drinking, like you know, I mean, whatever, right? So anyway, uh, me and my buddies go out there, and you know, my buddies kind of get into a fight, and I was trying to look and see like what the hell was on right so i walk over there and dude's literally swinging on a tree like messed up his knuckles and everything he's like, just swinging at a tree swinging at a tree bro like <laughs> i have no idea it's the ball, bro like yo like i swear to you bro i swear to you knuckles were done like but why was he swinging at a tree to this day we still don't know <laughs> you laughing but i'm dead ass <laughs> like Okay, now let's segue to this. So Pat Riley's been talking about, you know, how things ended with LeBron James, possibly, and I think possibly opening the door for LeBron to come back to Miami. Do you think LeBron would ever come back to Miami? I mean, honestly, I I feel I feel that he probably wouldn't. I feel like I feel like he's in a good place where he is now, even though like they haven't been really producing what they should be like like you know like showing like the years before like they have been showing like okay like they they could like they're not cast. as dominant yeah they're not as dominant as they used to be to be to be honest but like i mean i don't feel like that's enough cause for him to leave the cast but like you know i mean it's all it's all based on him to be honest it's his choice so no, now you. I just have to go back to South Beach for a second. So yeah, you're yeah. from like you know, let's say the South Beach area, and you yeah. were in Cleveland. Yeah. Just contrast the differences for me. All right, differences to me. I feel like people in Cleveland are more patriotic about their city than people in Miami. I'm sorry, like, 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 people in Cleveland are so Clevelander. Like, I don't know how to how to explain a a Clevelander to a person because. When I say they are like really about their city, like they're they homers are about their city, yeah, like ride or die, like that's their city. You know what I mean? Like Miami people from Miami, yeah, they they. I feel like they're down for Miami, but not as much as I feel it when I'm in Cleveland. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's a lot of distractions in Miami 
Like, it's like, there's a lot of things going on always in Miami. Like, and things aren't as moving like that in Cleveland. Yeah, it's nonstop. I mean, Cleveland is more slow paced, you know. You know, uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say more quiet, but like, I, I guess. It's- so do you think the fact that, you know, LeBron's a family man, he has the wife, he has three kids, I believe. Do you think that's part of it that, you know, Cleveland's probably a better place to raise your family than I Miami? Feel like, I feel like, indeed, I feel like Cleveland is probably the better place. Like, most definitely the better place to raise a family. Now, when LeBron went to the Heat, they had great success. Four straight finals, Indeed. two straight uh, championship runs. Yeah. What do you think LeBron, because LeBron, he evolved when he went from left Cleveland and went to Miami the first time. What do you think LeBron was able to grow most in his time in Miami? I think his in his time in Miami, he was, I feel like he was able to, to, to build up a camaraderie or a trust other players. You know what I mean? Like I feel like before he went to Miami, he was more of a selfish, more um, personal player. But after, uh, you know, being with Wade, Bosch, you know what I mean? Um, Chalm- Chalm- uh, Mario Chalmers. Chalmers was there, yeah. Like, dudes like that. I mean, like, after, after, like, but you see it in his gameplay. Like, you see, like, he's looking for passes now, like, doing all those dirty passes nowadays. I feel like going to Miami, like, created him, uh, made him a better, like, all-around players, player for the players around him, and not so himself. I mean. Now, when me and Scotty, Scotty was a freaking guest on the show, we were yeah. talking outside yesterday, and yeah. me and Scotty got in our argument about Dwayne Wade or Scotty Pippen, who was better. Yeah. And you sided with Scotty, yeah. saying that Scotty Pippen is better than Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Now, explain this to me, Keenan. I, I feel like... Scotty Pippen has like, all right. I feel like all right. Scotty Pippen has been very overlooked, um, because of Michael Jordan, right? Because because Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, and Scotty Pippen was like, you know, his, yeah, his <laughs> his sidekick, right? But like, if you, I f- like personally, I feel like Scotty Pippen. If I if I was if you were to give me these two players. Scotty Pippen to me is the better player, even though better yeah, than Michael Jordan. Not not Michael oh, Jordan. Bro. I'm talking about the Wade, Wayne Wade. Bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. Come on, Some bro. people have said that. Some, <laughs> I, I've heard that before. Scotty Pippen better than Michael Jordan, bro. Never. Keenan, there's a lot of there's a lot of Never. there's a lot of drunks Why out there. Why is he like? I just said like he's he's being shrouded by like <laughs> Michael Jordan, bro. There's no way, bro. Okay, Keenan. Yeah. Who's so? Well, why do you think Scotty's better? than Yeah, Michael? I I feel like um Scotty. Is uh I okay. Like Wade is more of a uh score. A scorer, a take it home kind of guy. Like if you give it to me, you dish it to me, I'm gonna take it. You know what I mean? He's more of that type of guy. Scotty is more of a more passive, you know what I mean, more passive player. And I feel like in his time, in his time, in his era, it was better to be more passive. Like people don't understand that, especially when you have Michael Jordan as a player, like as a teammate, bro. Like it's better to be passive than trying to take it in all the time. Yeah, Wade is more of an aggressive player because, like his his um situation calls for it. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's more. Yeah, um, Wade gets more. Um, he scores more. He scores. Uh. 
he defends more than than Scottie Pippen, but I I honestly feel that like Scottie Pippen is the better. Okay, now the reason me and Scotty we got into this argument is we got into a whole Jordan versus LeBron argument. Yeah. I said Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. Scotty believes it's LeBron partly because Scotty's from Cleveland or the city as he likes to call it. Keenan, who do you think is better? Oh. That's that's pretty I sorry, I gotta go. Thank you, Keenan. I'm sorry. I gotta go with Jordan, bro. Jordan's a goat, bro. I'm sorry. Like LeBron LeBron shows shows that he, he's king of this era, but he couldn't do it like Mike could. <laughs> he could, could do it like Mike, bro. Now, with Eric Spolcher in the Miami, and I feel like Eric Spolcher, he's one of the forgotten coaches in the NBA because people never put him in that Brad Stevens, that Greg Popovich, that oh, Steve no, Kerr mode. not at all. But he's a very good coach. Yeah. Where do you think Eric Spolcher ranks among the hierarchy of NBA coaches right now? Um, I don't know, bro. I mean... That's that's a tough question. I mean, like he sits. I don't feel like he sits high on the list. Oh no, not too high. Maybe maybe definitely. Is he top ten? I would put him like eight. Number eight. Eight. Yeah, I'll put him in like eight. Like if, like to be honest, like how he brought like like how the like he got to the. Playoffs, bro. Ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Start of the season wasn't too too good. We know that. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And taking a team from that to where they are right now. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty ballsy, but like, you know what I mean? Now with the Philadelphia seventy sixers and the Miami Heat having their playoff series, Keenan, who do you think is gonna win the series? I I I, I personally but who do you think is going to win? Okay. Uh, I feel like... I'm sorry, bro. I'm a Heat fan, but, like, I also do feel like Philly Philly has a better chance of winning. <laughs> right, <laughs> at the moment. Like, at the moment. So, so who do you think is going to win the East? The East? Yeah. I mean, that, that depends on if... I feel like the Cavs... Ain't really gonna stand up to the plate. Yeah, no one plays defense on that team. I, I, I mean, I have faith in the Cavs. I feel like the Cavs. I have as much faith in the Cavs as I do I in LeBron. I feel like, but then, like, like if you if you look at it, like LeBron has been to like every final for the past like six six years, right? Think about it, bro. Like it's like playoff LeBron. Playoff LeBron is like different from regular season. Y'all know this. So like I feel personally, I feel like if LeBron wants it enough, he's gonna take them to another final. That's how I feel. You wanted enough. So LeBron's just that dude is what you're saying. So you're gonna take him to the promised land. I mean like he showed it time and time again. He he can do it. He just gotta do it. there's no no way like saying it like he can't do it now quickly so you play college sports for a bit yeah you you were an athlete you played in high school yeah uh oh quiet leonard lots of stuff's been made about you know with his injury he's not coming back he's coming back he's sitting out people are saying he's soft where do you stand 
with that as an athlete and as a guy. You know, when you're on a team, you know, you don't want a guy to play if he's hurt and he can't play. Yeah. But at some point, you know, he has to play. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it comes to the question of how how long you're trying to push your career. You know what I mean? I mean, when, you, when you're when you a professional athlete, you got to not also think about now, but think about the future. Because, like, this is, this is your job. You know what I mean? So I don't feel like he's. Are we he's, trying to uh, get paid? Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. I don't feel like even if like, like if even like as he got hurt, like I feel like it's it's smart for him to sit out. Like it's it's definitely smart for him to sit out. He got years ahead of him in the league. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like people who say like, oh, he's a or whatever, whatever, like they're being very ignorant. Like because like I feel like. As a as an athlete, when I was hurt, like I always like, I don't know, like when I was hurt, and people be like, "Oh, Kenan, like why you're not playing? Like what's going on? Like, hey, dog, I'm hurt, bro. You gotta figure out, like you gotta look towards the future. Like, all right, I might not be able to play this game, but if I sit this one out, like I'll be able to play the next one, maybe the next one, maybe like next season. Like, what about next season? You know what I mean? It's all about. It's all about the future, bro. Yeah. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft coming up. Keenan, who in this draft, which player do you like the most heading into the draft? Oh, Derwin James. Derwin James. There we go. Derwin James. <laughs> Derwin James. I thought you meant the combine. The guy, the, 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 nah, bro. Yeah, the, but he, he nice too. But like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, like, nah, bro. Talk about James. Bro. Okay. Yeah, he's probably like my favorite out of the draft this yeah. year. Dude's an animal. Now, now you like presence. him better than a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick from Alabama. Fitzpatrick is. He's a football player yeah, now. Yeah, he, he is. He is out there, though. He's thumping. Tell you that. Like, uh, he's thumping, but like. Yeah, I still like him. I still like James better. Could James be as good as a Jalen Ramsey? I feel so. I feel so if he if he puts in the work he has that type of athletic potential. He, I feel like he has that he's already has he already has the talent. He just has to when he gets to the um to the league he has to perfect what he does, and he'll be just as good as Jalen. I have no doubt about. It. Now, who's somebody in the draft that you think is you know underrated? Somebody that lots of people are like sleeping on a little bit that you think is going to eventually be pretty good. He's a he's an undersized like linebacker. Dude, like he's undersized, but I'm gonna I'm figure out. Dude's undersized, like as hell. Out there, <laughs> middle like, linebacker, middle linebacker, Southern Alabama. We're looking at like five ten ish. He's like five ten, five eleven. Two 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 twenty. Like, nah, he's like like two thirty five. Also, he's thick. Yeah, he's thick, but like you know, what I mean, he's still small for him. Um, um, How does he cover? He's he's his coverage isn't nice. His coverage is nice. Like that's only his only fault. Also, oh, he's a thumper. He's a thumper. He's a thumper. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> and he's instinctive. He's, he's as type hell. of guy. He's type of guy. To put the hits. Yeah, and I and I think like he's he's in, extinct as as hell, right? And that's that's like that's makes him like bad fast player you know what i mean because the faster you are the harder you hit yes it's football 
Okay, Keenan's researching right now. Yeah, I'm going to find him, though. I was looking at his, his highlights. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. Daniel. Represent. Big boy. Hogs on. Only run. Only lineman. Why can't I find this dude's name? Okay, now let, let's just let's segue yeah. while you're looking for it. Uh. Who do you think is the most overrated player? I mean, somebody that everybody's talking about, but doesn't pass your smile. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I don't feel like there's there's been there's been players that have been that have been stepped up. To be honest, I feel like everyone that has been has been like has been shown like big screen. Has shown like some point in time like they can make it in the professional professional now so, huh? no no, no you, you on yeah. <laughs> with the quarterback class there's been a little bit of scrutiny about this quarterback class where do you stand on all the quarterbacks and who do you think is going to be the best out of the group between you know Lamar Jackson uh Sam Darnold Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. I feel like Lamar Jackson got to be the best. You do? I feel. I feel like, yeah, he's too much of an all-around like QB. He's like another Cam coming out. And nobody notices it. <laughs> like, y'all feel, like, you don't feel that way? I feel like he's another Cam coming out. And nobody feels it. People are sleeping on dude. So you think he'll be better than Sam Darnold? Indeed. Josh? I feel like I feel I feel like yeah. Baker Mayfield? Mayfield. You're not a Baker fan? <laughs> now Keenan, you were just talking about, you know, offensive line. You were a hog. What offensive lineman do you like to bring in? I just was telling you the center, um, Daniels okay. from Iowa. I mean, like I play, I was a center too, so like, like I know, like the you know what it takes to be, all like I wouldn't say what it takes to be a, like a professional center. Like, like I played in call, I played college ball as a center, so like you know, I, there's certain things when you when you look at a player, like you know, like you notice things because you did it. Like, I feel like he has got to be, like, one of the most explosive, like, centers I've seen coming out of this class. Like, who's explosive, gets, like, gets the linemen off the ball, um, go with his reads. Like, linebackers pretty much don't stand a chance when they, um. When he gets the handle. And he gets, like, when he goes to block. 
Don't stand there. Now, lots of times when people talk about offensive linemen, you can yeah. talk about this. You know, they don't talk about really the interior offensive linemen. You know, the center and, and the guard. They the talk the about the tackle. They talk about the tackle because oh, that's the quarterback's <laughs> blind side. You know, that's yeah. against the edge rusher. Now, just tell me, like, how important is the interior offense? I feel like the interior offensive line is all right. Firstly, if we if we're talking about the interior, talk um like the interior of the line, like it's always going to start with the center and. Most people don't know, like the center is like the captain. Like, yeah, he's he's running things. He's calling the out audibles, calls, audibles. Like, the quarterback you know, of the like, offensive line. Yeah, the middle he's linebacker. Like literally the, the second man in charge. Like and like he literally starts the play, right? And then you move on to your guards, and your guards is all, almost like there for support. Like you know what I mean? For like the tackle and the center, and then you got your tackles that cover the outside, the outside. Now. The interior, I feel like people don't like recognize how much the interior means to the offensive line because there's there's more than enough times where defensive ends have a clearer shot at a, a QB than a defensive tackle. And the reason being is because like centers and guards have to work extra hard because like like you gotta figure out like like you gotta uh know like these dudes, like all right. I, I I'm I'm in trouble with my thoughts right now, but like all right. Let's say like defensive tackles statistically way more than than defensive. You know this, right? Yeah. Defensive tackles statistically lift more. Like they're stronger, they're more explosive, right? The only thing defensive ends have on on speed. Yeah, speed, right? Now, try and, try and like, put yourself in a situation where you're, you're a center or you're a guard, and you, you got to block 350 man. Yeah, off, off the, the ball. ball. And, like, like, some people don't realize it, but, like, when you have all these interior runs, like, those, those interior runs, like, rely on those front three. Like, without those front three, like, interior runs are, like, like, what are you doing? And something else I want you to talk about. How important is it to have interior offensive line play? Because what I've noticed is yeah. you have, you know, guards and you have centers, you know, that can get up field and get the linebackers. Yeah. How much does that help in terms of, you know, to give the running back space to create? It's 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 all about it's not well, it's all about um knowing your assignments and trying to cover as much men as you can with the as much people as you can. You know, you only got five five linemen. You know, like excuse me, um you know, you have five linemen, and you, uh, in front of the linemen, you have this thing what we call a box, right? So it's like a five yards up, in front of you, like, that's the box. And then you count the men in the box. Usually be four D tackle, well, four defensive linemen. You got, like, middle linebacker playing four. You know what I mean? Like, like. The lineman's job, like, is to try and cover as much people as they can in the amount of space that they can and get the the uh runner to get on on track with his route as much as he can. You know what I mean? So you have situations where it is like you have situations where uh a center and a guard would pick up somebody and then like the other guard would have to get a line. Vice versa, but a center and 
tackle pick up his body. Scar have to come by. So like you have like everything like in that case is like situational, right? And the reason and having like the interior interior of the line, like a good interior line, like that actually moves on time. You know they're fast enough to get a feel before the linebacker recognizes the play. You know. They uh they on point, you know, everybody's on the same page, you know what I mean? Like having that interior like like it's gonna be unstoppable, like 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 runs gonna be unstoppable. Because you're gonna have everybody, okay, all right, I got this guy, this guy, all right, I know I gotta go. Be- now what you're saying is just, now just talk about how important is communication for the offensive line. Oh because cause lots of times I think people, you know, they don't realize, you know, when you have you keep switching out and reshuffling the line. Mm-hmm. You know how much of a detriment of that is. So just talk about how it is to have your five that cohesive unit. All right, it's it's very it's very uh very critical when you're an offensive lineman. Very critical um that everybody's on point because there's always the there's always the uh the fault that there's a quarterback behind you and you can get hurt. You know what I mean, your overall job is to protect your quarterback. Is to protect the people behind you. Quarterback, your running back, whoever. That's your that's your overall job. Now, when people call all doubles, um, or lines like tend to switch up in front of you, or defenses make uh shifts shifts or whatever, like like let's say like you end up starting off with a play. Um, what we would do is we would have different variations of the same play, so that if defensive front moves. Then we have another way of attacking the the front with the same play. You know what I mean? So if it moves, you know, the center would usually say, "Hey," you know what I mean, you call, make the calls, whatever the calls are. You know what I mean, make sure everybody on page. You run the play. So a good offensive line, you're saying, has communication. Yeah, like a good offense, like communication, like if, for offensive line with, like, there's no way an offensive line can like really protect like a quarterback with no communication it's it's almost like impossible because if there's no communication between the full line there's always going to be always going to be sacks always going to be like miss miss assignments linebackers coming free like now now how do how do often because you're an offensive lineman how do offensive linemen feel when you know let's say they give a big play and the quarterback gets hecked and you have the quarterback cursing at them and barking at them how does that make offensive linemen feel I feel like, well, is that a me turn personally? Off? Me personally, I feel like, well, well, personally, from my view, like when when I would give up a sack, like because I have given up sacks, um, sadly, you know, when I give up a sack, then it's hard on you at first, but then like you gotta get over the the fact that hey, like, that's already passed, like you gotta move on. You know what I mean? I feel like every every lineman like wants to be the best. And then being the best means not not giving up sacks, not getting sidetracked by little by defensive ends or defensive linemen. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it gets frustrating, and when the quarterback kind of barks at you a little bit, it gets you in check. You know what I mean? Because you know this his career also we also talking about. And this is what I'm going to ask you: What's easier as an offensive? Is it easier to run block or pass block? Pass. Pass blocking is way 
I mean, it depends. It depends on. Uh, it really, to be honest, it really depends on uh, on the lineman's strong suit. So like, for me, um, pass blocking was easier for me because like, I was in the best. At, I was in the best at like getting off, like how I need to get off the ball. Then like you also have like two hard like line linemen. I had to get somebody off the ball rather than standing back. So I mean, like to be honest, it's it's, it's really on the players. So. Now, what's the most important aspect? Just consistency. Consistency. Yeah. <laughs> like for real. Like if you're not consistent. Okay, now, and, and Keenan, because we were talking about this during the break, I just want you to tell everybody. What did you say bad offensive linemen do? They're a danger, right? Yeah, they are a danger, and they are a health hazard. For real, bro, they are a health hazard, bro, to the to the QB, to anybody who's sitting in the back. Like, a bad offensive lineman doesn't... They should be arrested. Exactly, bro. <laughs> Especially if, like, the line, like, if the quarterback gets hurt, like, I seen quarterbacks get clocked, right? Broken clavicle, everything, the whole nine yards. Only so because like, it'd be like Floyd, like Floyd Mayweather, he has his bodyguards, right? It'd be yeah. like if one of his bodyguards, you know, got side cocked, they got the Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like that, right? And then like or the Secret Service. Like, yeah, and it's and it's always off with just one lineman not doing what he's supposed to do. Like either of you, bro, it's just one person not doing what they. And and now here's the last question I want to ask you. Yeah. You're from Florida, yeah. which is, in my opinion, a hotbed for football. But yeah, lots yeah. of times when people talk about football, they think about Texas. Yeah. You just talk about how good is Florida as a football state, and where does it stack up now? I feel I feel like Florida Florida's up there for like football players. Um, like in South Florida, um, where I played high school ball, competition is like really really stiff. Um, I've been told, um, especially from people who came to my school, like out of state, is like they would be like, um, I had this friend from Pittsburgh, I had transferred to my school here, and he was telling me he was like football down in South Florida, nothing like Pittsburgh. South Florida's ball is just like a whole new world, like you know what I mean. I feel like living in South Florida, like just being in that atmosphere, it's just football. Everybody's in it. I've seen like I like that's the first place I ever walked and saw like three helmets and shoulder pads. Can't even wear the shit. That you know, can't even wear it. Not even like, you know, it's not proportionate to their bodies. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only place I've ever seen that. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, football is life in South Florida. Like, that's, that's what it so is. So, Friday nights. Friday nights? The town, the town shut down? Town shut down, bro. There are people, people tailgate. This is the first time <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, no, I'm, I'm so serious. People tailgated our game sometimes. Like yes, oh, so like, they're getting... we're walking out of the locker room, 
walking cars, trucks with food and everything. And people are tailgating before games. They get a turn before the high school game? Before high school <laughs> game, bro. <laughs> How were you guys good? Yeah, we were, we were, we were good. Like, well, I'm going to be honest. Like, sophomore, sophomore, junior year, we were trash. Bro. You played we varsity trash. sophomore year? Yeah. Freshman year? Freshman year, no. I played JV. Um, but, like, um, sophomore year, junior year, we were trash. Also, my freshman year. Senior year, you know, uh, I had to step it up. I had to step it up. We went to the game before state. Yeah, Semis. We lost. Yeah. So. Well, when, when your team was trash, were people still tailgating? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. It's, I I feel like it's more about pride. You know what I mean? Like, cause that we're a football place. Yeah, like we're a football school. Uh, you know what I mean? There's a lot of alumni that came to our games. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's all about, like, them trying to feel a little nostalgic, you know what I mean? So you see a lot of D1 football players there? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, I play with, I play with, I play with so many players that, like, like, that, like, are in D1 schools right now. Like, uh, my boy, um, Marquise Brown, plays for one of their wide receivers. Like I played with him with my junior, like my sophomore year, and Kerry Clark played played for University of Florida, and AT Alex Thomas played for Cincinnati. Like I I've played with like people like I've even played with people who who are going like places. My boy Sean Shivers, he going to UVA, Big Auburn. Like I said. Anyways, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, Auburn. He going to Auburn. My other buddy, they going to Bama. Making me proud. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just, just in Florida, football is like, I, I just, like, realized, like, football is like, how it is. So where would you stack it up to, like, a place like Texas? See, like, I, I feel like I haven't. Been in Texas as much, okay. Like you know, to make that option. Or how about like a place like Ohio? A place like Ohio. Yeah. Yo, football is really big here. To be honest, like football is pretty big um, in Ohio, but I feel like it doesn't still compare. It does. It doesn't compare to what I've seen. But when like when I see like like high school kids every Saturday religiously. On the park right outside the house, they run in drills every day. Sundays, you pass them going to church. Out there running drills. Life, like this, is literally life. Like my boy, like my boy. Um, until you go to Auburn, I feel like he he's a tremendous little kid. You know what I mean? Like tremendous. Little kid. Like I feel like he never has time for himself. I mean, like, but he loves what he's doing. Which, which is good, you know what I mean? Life. <laughs> now the last question I want to ask you, Keenan, is since you, you're here visiting in Cleveland, what are you going to miss about Cleveland? Um, one thing I do miss about Cleveland is just the people. Okay. Like, really the people. And, and Keenan, just for the record, 
Your yeah. craziest Cleveland story doesn't compare to your craziest Miami story. Oh, not at all. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> it does not even, no. It doesn't mm-hmm. even touch. What's the craziest Cleveland story? A pro- an appropriate Cleveland story. Appropriate Cleveland story. All right. Like, I mean, this one's kind of sad, but I remember freshman year, uh, I had, like, you know, the Carol card yeah. to get, yeah, I had lived in Pacelli. Kevin, you know, yeah. lived in camping, yeah. and well, you know, you you was in Bacelli yeah. with me, yeah. So like one time, I I left my car, Bacelli, walked over to camping, and got in right, and it was time for me to get over right, get back, and it's snowing outside, right? It's about twelve thirty in the morning. Nobody's really coming to Bacelli because everybody's really sleeping because it's like a school night. And I don't have no way of getting inside the house. Oh, I mean, get inside the building. My phone's off. <laughs> like, I can't call nobody. Like, I literally just stand outside the call for like 45 minutes. So I saw some girl walk inside. <laughs> I walked inside with her. Like, I'm not going to flaws. Like, those 45 minutes felt like five hours. Coldest time. Keenan, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. <laughs> I love Keenan. Keenan's a a really, really nice guy, and Keenan is fun to be around. I thought it was interesting his Miami stories. A lot of smoke is what I get. <laughs> That's why LeBron's not going back to Miami. Pat Riley wants him to go back. LeBron is not going back to Miami because it's not a nice residential neighborhood. The race you get. He can't be naming LeBron Jr. I think the other kid's name is Bryce. And you got the little baby girl. He can't raise Miami with all that stuff. Nice residential neighborhood like Cleveland. And by the way, you know and I know, Cleveland just like Buffalo. LeBron, you ever want to play for the Bills? 716. Call me up. Call me up. Now we're going to be transitioning into the LNM Radio Network. Segment of the show, no longer going to be on SoundCloud. But if you want to listen, LNM Radio Network, 12 to 2 on Saturdays. Or just check out the South Carolina Columbia Radio app and scroll down and find the LNM Radio Network. Listen to me, Daryl D. Lane. Now, coming up next on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Scotty, the City Johnson, and we're going to have Mr. Ben Goodman, as always, to come on the show. Got a lot of hot takes for Scotty coming up. We're going to have Scotty for just a little bit because Scotty's pretty busy. But Scotty can come and bless us with his presence nonetheless. We're going to have a long talk with Ben Goodman and just talk to Ben overall about football, what we think of the draft, and all that good stuff. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Thanks for tuning in to Barbershop Sports Talk. 